Welcome to Wellness with KC, the podcast. I'm your host and wellness bestie, Corinne Catania, and my purpose as a certified integrative nutrition coach is to guide women on their health and wellness journey in a balanced and sustainable way. Join me every week for casual, unfiltered chats that are designed to inspire and empower you to live your best life. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wellness with KC, the podcast. So excited to have you here. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, enjoyed your time off. I know it's back to the grind now, but I'm excited to come out with another podcast episode today. And this one is a really, really good one. We talk all about acne and we look at it through a holistic lens and how to actually treat it from the inside out. So we're going to talk about the gut, we're going to talk about hormones and the connection to acne, and then we're also going to cover practical things that you can implement in your life in terms of both diet and lifestyle factors. And lastly, we're going to have a little chit-chat about hormonal birth control and what it does for acne. So if you are a no BS type person and you want to stop trying anything and everything to treat acne topically and actually want to make changes from within, this is the podcast for you. So let's just start with the fact that all of the information that I share on this podcast that I'm sharing today is general information. The beauty of holistic health, you guys, is that it is individualized. It is not a cookie cutter type program. Um, So the quote unquote treatment plan is going to vary by the individual and their unique situation because typically there's actually a lot of contributing factors, a lot of things at play. And when working with a client, what we usually discover in the holistic space is that it's very rarely just one thing. There could be one root cause, but it's causing all these other issues. And so um, that is the beauty of holistic health. You kind of are working with a lot of factors and you're not just looking at the symptoms, you're trying to find the root cause. But There are two things that I typically look at first when I see acne, and the first is gut health, and the second is hormone health. And when I say when I see acne, I don't just mean you have a pimple that pops up once a month. I mean you have you actually have an issue with acne, right? This is a recurrence. And gut health and hormone health, those two go hand in hand, and they need to be addressed at and looked at first, typically, in my opinion. And then we also have liver function, how we're eliminating hormones and toxins, things like hygiene, stress, diet. Um, Those all play a part in acne, and honestly, they all play a part in gut and hormone health. So typically, we'll address them there as well. So let's first dive into gut health because that is honestly the place to start, even before hormone health. Um, You simply cannot detox someone effectively or even look at liver functions without the gut actually properly functioning. It's just not going to happen. And also, our gut impacts our hormones, so that's why it's really the first place to start because it has to be in check before you start all of these other things. So we have something called the gut-skin axis, which is essentially the relationship with the gut and our skin. So let's think about what that means. 
It means our gut plays an essential and major role in elimination. So if we aren't having regular bowel movements and getting rid of toxins and waste properly, they're going to be reabsorbed into our system. And our skin is also a route of elimination. So if the other pathways aren't working, our body has to detox it somewhere and our skin is going to pick up the slack. And so we can actually detox through the skin and that's acne. (laughs) And that's actually why people with acne are more likely to experience gastrointestinal issues like acid reflux, bloating, IBS, things like that. Um, And we also have to take a look at the balance of bacteria in the gut. So if there's dysbiosis or SIBO, the bacteria can accumulate and cause acne. One of the clues, by the way, um, that you are dealing with a bacterial issue in the gut is if you've recently been prescribed antibiotics for something and you notice that your acne improved. So that typically means that it's a bacteria-driven problem. Now, I want to be clear here because I can see some people taking this and running with it. I do not mean antibiotics are the answer. It means that is a clue on what might be the root cause of your symptoms. You might have some sort of bacterial issue, whether that be SIBO or dysbiosis. Another thing to look at is our stomach acid. So we require a low pH in the stomach to break down our foods and absorb nutrients. So if it is out of balance... We that can also lead to a bacteria imbalance. So that can play a part into the bacterial imbalance. Again, we're trying to find the root cause, right? So stomach acid could be a contributing factor. Some clues to look for here would be if you feel full as soon as you start eating, you struggle to digest protein, especially animal protein, like you feel like it's just sitting in your stomach, you're bloating, you're burping a lot, those types of things. There are things that we can do to improve our digestion and stomach acid and things like that. Um, But that is a whole nother podcast episode. So if that's something you guys do want to hear about, definitely leave a review, write it in or message me on Instagram. um, And I will add that to the queue. But essentially, that is the gut acne connection. That's that's like wrapped up really tightly trying to keep this as high level as possible so we can go through the hormone connection and then go through practical steps to actually improve your acne. So let's move on to the hormone acne connection. We have sex and reproductive hormones, blood sugar hormones, and stress hormones at play here. So when it comes to our sex hormones, there could be a few different imbalances going on depending on your situation. Again, everything is individualized when it comes to holistic health, but the the point of focusing on gut health first is because our gut plays a role in the regulation of our sex hormones. And so by getting our gut in check, that should hopefully improve the regulation of sex hormones. And androgens, which are sex hormones, they play a critical role in acne on so many levels. So like I said, it could be for many different reasons or different imbalances. Um, For example, 
high testosterone, and yes, women make this hormone too, can trigger acne by overstimulating the oil glands. Another example or, or a sign is if acne is showing up on the back or the chest, that could be a sign of PCOS. Um, so this typically all comes down to our androgens activity and sebum production. Um, but again, multiple sex hormones at play here. Those are just a few different examples. Then we have our blood sugar hormones like insulin. So high glycemic index foods can actually spike insulin levels, which impacts acne. We also have our stress hormones, so cortisol. And I think it's safe to say that almost everyone is stressed in some way, shape, or form in this day and age. And cortisol directly interacts with our oil glands. So my point in explaining all explaining all of this in terms of like the gut and the hormone connection, because I know I'm I'm keeping this super high level, but it's to point out that number one, there's many factors to play here. Number two, it is all connected. And number three, our diet and our lifestyle impacts our gut and our hormones, which impacts acne. So in regards to treatment. And diet, just a reminder that as a client of mine, everybody is treated as an individual, so recommendations are going to differ by person to person. But I I try and think of, is this hormonally driven? Is this gut driven? Are there nutrient gaps in the diet, right? This is all case by case and different things that I work through as a holistic health coach, or if you're working with a holistic practitioner, that they're most likely working through as well, right? We're trying to figure out what the root cause is, and it could be many different factors showing up in many different ways. (laughs) So I hope that that made sense, but I just wanted to explain that a little bit. And today, we will talk about general things that tend to help a lot of people. So again, um, This should be individualized, and hopefully you're working with a practitioner, but if you just want to do some trial and error on your own, these are some places that you could start that help a lot of people, but again, depending on your situation, it may help you, it may not on some of these things, and I'll I'll explain that once we get there, but here are some things that you can try to heal your acne from the inside out, healing it holistically. I know you've been there trying to heal it topically and throwing every product that you possibly can to your skin and it's hurting you or you literally just don't know where to go from here. You're spending tons of money on products that aren't helping or your skin's making it even more irritated. And that's because this is an issue from the inside and without properly treating it, it's only going to come back. So the first thing you can try to do is eliminate dairy. And I know this is going to upset some people and rightfully so. I am obsessed with cheese. Your girl loves it. But the fact of the matter is, is that dairy is a big trigger for a lot of people. So it's something to try out. See if you eliminate dairy. What happens? Does your acne get better? Does it get worse? Um, And keep in mind that it's not for everyone and it doesn't have to be permanent. But this is something that does help a lot of people. I will say, though, do not replace dairy with processed alternatives filled with fillers and gums and other ingredients that are actually harmful to the gut and our hormones because 
that is counterintuitive. So make sure you're reading those ingredient labels, keeping them as clean as possible, minimal ingredients, um, because that's really how you'll know if eliminating dairy is making a difference. The second thing you can try is eliminating refined sugar and high glycemic foods. So really the goal is to reduce our sugar intake. So instead of those refined sugars, those heavily processed sugars, we can replace it with things like coconut sugar, honey, maple syrup. Those are all better options. So I understand we're approaching the holidays and it is baking time. Trust me, I get it. My husband made me promise to bake him something once a week, but I'm going to try as much as possible to use those alternatives. Um, I cook, a, I bake a lot with coconut sugar and maple syrup. Those are two of my favorites and they taste amazing. So try and swap those out instead of the cane sugars and all the other stuff. And when we talk about high glycemic foods, there's a lot to say on that topic, um, but I'm trying to keep it simple because we have a lot more to say. <laughs> um, but really, it the goal is to reduce and eliminate those processed, simple carbs in your diet. So think bread, bagels, pastas, right? Those are the more processed carbs that you're going to get in a box from a grocery store um, and replace them with complex carbohydrates or starchy vegetables from whole foods. So think like a sweet potato, right? It's a carb, but it's a whole food. And when you eat them with fiber and protein, this is actually going to slow the digestion of those carbs and stabilize your blood sugar quite a bit. So that's really the goal. We want to reduce those blood sugar spikes. You also might be wondering where does fruit come to play? You can still eat fruit. I am not a believer that you need to cut out fruit from your diet, but you can limit it. So you can limit it to two servings a day. That's generally fine. And again, make sure you're eating it with a protein source to help stabilize your blood sugar. You also want to avoid any dried fruits because those have the fiber taken out of them and essentially are just concentrated sugar. So stick to the whole fruits um, and you can even eat fruits that are lower on the GI index like blueberries. Those are a really good option. And then number three goes hand in hand with what we just spoke about, but increasing your fiber intake can also be helpful here. Fiber actually binds excess hormones and toxins and helps eliminate them from the body. It also helps feed our beneficial bacteria in the gut and helps control blood sugar. So it really is important. Um, you can get it from broccoli, avocados, berries, potatoes, nuts, things like that. Now, Here's the thing, though, I want to mention with fiber. If you have SIBO or certain types of gut issues, increasing fiber right away without doing other things first can potentially worsen your symptoms. So again, it's important you're trying to get to the root cause. You're working with a professional that's always recommended, but at the very least, if you're trying different things, document what you're trying and make you know, in that document, write down your symptoms. Are they getting better? Are they getting worse? You want to keep a record of that because these are all clues to tell you what exactly is going on in your body. Um, the fourth thing is making sure we're eating enough protein. So basically, that's the amino acids that we need from our protein. Those help with skin repair and again, stabilizing blood sugar. 
Fifth thing is looking at our zinc and our overall like zinc intake, right? So zinc rich foods also help with skin repair. And if you are following a vegan or a vegetarian diet, those are typically low in zinc. So you may want to consider supplementing. Um, Zinc also helps with hormonal regulation. And number six, try eating some probiotic rich foods for bacteria balance in the gut. Now, again, here's a little, (laughs) everything again is individualized. So I'm trying to kind of show you how it can help, but how it can also be harmful. So if you're experiencing symptoms of SIBO, you want to tread carefully here. It's one of those things that can be very beneficial, but again, it it can be harmful with certain conditions and um, there's just certain steps to follow. So the, the same goes for a probiotic supplement. So if you aren't ready for them, if your body isn't ready for them, they aren't going to help you. They can be incredibly beneficial, but you need to set your body up for success in order to actually for them to actually work. Um, Number seven is reducing inflammatory foods. So oils, processed junk, all of that, it needs to come out of your diet. Every single person can benefit from this. This is not one of those individualized things. Everyone should be reducing inflammatory, wow, I can't speak, inflammatory foods. Um, When we think about what acne is, it's inflammation. And so by reducing those foods, we can definitely help. Uh, Number eight, looking at our vitamin A. So vitamin A is really great for skin healing, um, but also this is a case-by-case basis. Number nine, vitamin C. Um, Looking at that, that's another one which helps reduce inflammation. It's great for skin healing. It's also good for collagen formation. Um, So definitely recommend vitamin C and then omega-3s. So think wild-caught salmon, nuts, seeds, avocados, all those types of things. Those will help reduce inflammation associated with acne. So those are 10 things, 10 practical things that you can implement today to start to heal your acne holistically. Now, I know some of those things were nuanced, right? Um, They don't work for everybody, some of those things, but that's why it's important to either A, be working with a practitioner or two or B, wow, not A or two. Can you tell it's the end of the day? (laughs) Um, A, work with a practitioner or B, really do a lot of research. And when I say a lot of research, I mean a lot of research and document your symptoms and keep keep track of everything that you're doing um, because, like I said, some things can be beneficial and some things could actually be harmful depending on what's really, really going on. And like SIBO and dysbiosis, they have some overlapping symptoms. So one thing could be go- good for gut dysbiosis, but bad for SIBO. Um, so again, it kind of is a trial and error type thing to get to the root cause of your symptoms. And then there's also more hygienic and lifestyle things that we can look at. And when I talk about like hygiene, I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean if you have acne, you're unhygienic, right? In fact, most people who are suffering from acne are actually more hygienic and actually watch washing their face too much because they're hyper aware of hygiene and they're trying to 
solve their issue. Um, but there are some things that we don't often think about. So how often are you cleaning your makeup brushes? I know I don't clean them as often as I should. How often are you washing your pillowcase? You should be washing it at least once a week. How often are you touching your face? Are you using your phone in the bathroom? Are you bringing it in the bathroom? And then you're holding it to your face when you're on the phone with someone. I always use speakerphone um, or headphones. So, you know, that kind of avoids <laughs> that problem. But those are the types of things to think about when I say hygiene, the things that we don't typically think of often. And then also, you know, let's think about what we're putting on our skin. We want to make sure that the products that we are using have clean ingredients and that our skin is able to breathe. We're not like clogging our pores because we want we want our skin to be able to breathe, number one, but also what we put on our skin absorbs into our bloodstream. So if we're putting additional toxins onto our skin from our products and we're already struggling with detoxing toxins, it's going to come out in the form of acne and make things worse because it doesn't have anywhere else to go, especially when there is a gut issue. Um, And lastly, we need to be reducing our stress levels. So stress plays a really big role in our health and wellness. And I know people say that, but I don't I don't know if everyone actually realizes it, like realizes how big stress is on our body. Um, so try different meditation or breathing exercises, anything that helps calm you down. And that will actually reduce our stress hormones, which I mentioned earlier, directly interact with our oil glands. So those are all practical things that we can do. Okay. It is time to get to the juice, to get to the tea, hormonal birth control, and why it is actually hurting people with acne. And let me make myself clear, as I usually do when I talk about hormonal birth control, because I do get a little heated when I talk about this topic. And it's not necessarily because I'm mad that people take birth control. Your body, your choice. But I am mad that our healthcare system is set up in a way that it pushes it to patients, specifically young girls, without giving them the full picture and all of the information. So it's being sold as this amazing pill that's going to fix all of their issues when in reality, most of the time, it's a band-aid approach and women come off of the pill feeling worse than they did when they started it. And again, your body, your choice. You do what you believe is best for you, but make sure you're making an informed choice and decision. And and honestly, this goes for everything, not just birth control, but I just truly believe birth control is one of the biggest scams that we have today because no one's actually taught about what it is and what it does. Um, So, you know, when we talk about the pill and acne, It's actually not a fix. It's not a fix at all. It's another Band-Aid solution. So what it does is it actually maintains a high level of synthetic hormones in our bloodstream, which prevents our own body's natural hormone production and regulation. And it also prevents ovulation and suppresses our sebum levels to that of a child, okay? So Sebum helps keep our skin healthy and moist, and if we don't have enough, we get dry, cracking skin. However, if we have too much, we can have acne. 
So by reducing sebum, many times the acne will go away. So you're taking the pill, your sebum levels are reduced, and acne goes away while you're taking it. But, and this is a big but, once you stop, you are back to square one. Your body no longer knows how to control and regulate sebum levels, and usually acne comes back with a vengeance. It comes back even worse than it did before. And then we have the ovulation problem. So ovulation is the only way that we can naturally make progesterone, but the pill suppresses ovulation, which is an issue. We all know ovulation is essential to fertility, but it also has other benefits and it helps reduce anxiety, it keeps us calm, it boosts our thyroid function, it is great for hair, skin, and nails. And so without ovulating, our body no longer will produce it naturally. And by the way, the synthetic progestins that are in oral oral contraceptives are not the same as progesterone. They are completely different. They behave differently in the body. And it's just really unfortunate, right? So that's a big issue for me. And lastly, the pill also depletes nutrients. So we need these nutrients for so many functions within the body, but we also need them for healthy skin. So I'm talking vitamin E, vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, and B vitamins. So we talked about vitamin C and zinc in the things that you can do to improve uh, your acne holistically. Um, But the pill actually depletes those nutrients. So this is why when people come off the pill, they usually have a new like range of symptoms, a whole host of issues that they didn't even have before, and they're wondering, where did these all come from? And you have to think about what's been going on in the body. You stopped its natural regulation and production of hormones you stopped ovulation, the brain and your ovaries have not been talking for however long you were on the pill, and your nutrients are depleted. And typically, here's the thing, no one tells you when you're going on the pill, hey, these nutrients are going to be depleted. This is a common side effect of the pill. Make sure you're supplementing um, either by adding foods that are rich in these nutrients into your diet or getting supplements or even having these levels checked. No one is saying that, right? So people come off and they're blindsided and they have no idea why they're having all the issues that they're having. And when we talk about acne specifically, if you come off the pill It usually gets worse rather than better, and it peaks around six months after coming off the pill. And the reason for this is because, again, your body suppressed the natural production of hormones, and the body, it it shut off its ability to regulate, and so it needs to learn how to regulate again. So when you come off, it now wants to find a balance But there's, you know, it hasn't been producing these hormones, so it's typically going to dramatically increase hormone production to find that balance. And this is why when you get off birth control, sebum levels are typically dramatically higher than when they were before the pill, right? So if you're here and you're still on birth control and you're thinking about coming off birth control, 
there are some things that you can do to support your body. Um, and also, if you're really worried about acne, here's the thing. Don't just stop birth control. Start these things a few months before coming off, and that will definitely try and help put you in the best situation possible. Um, number one, start taking a good quality zinc supplement and increase dietary zinc intake. Number two, support your liver function. So the synthetic estrogen found in hormonal birth control is actually four times stronger than our own. Like it's four times stronger than the one that our body naturally makes. So it's important that we help support our liver to help clear out these synthetic hormones and encourage our body's hormone regulation. Um, and some things that can help this is like eating cruciferous vegetables, lots of broccoli and sprouts. Those will help metabolize estrogen, which is really, really important in preparing to get off of the pill. Um, now if you have endometriosis or PCOS, you really need to work with a practitioner prior to stopping to get ahead of those issues. Um, and number four, well, I guess that was number three. So number four, eat enough food to support regulation. Our hormone cycle is energy dependent and we need to get the proper nutrients. And we just talked about our nutrients being depleted. So we're going to have to eat a lot more to get more nutrients in our body in order to regulate and have a healthy cycle when we come off the pill. So when people come off and they're eating the same way and now they come off the pill and they, they're like, wait, my my cycle is so irregular or I'm not having it, well, you're probably, your, your nutrients are depleted. And so we need to um, you know, make sure and really focus on our diet and what we're eating and making sure we're eating enough and we're getting the proper nutrients. That is so, so, so important. And do this three months before take like before um, jumping off the pill. And then, you know, if you need like hormone supporting herbs, there are things like that. I always say herbs. My husband laughs at me so much. I know they're called herbs, but I just think they should be called herbs. I like them better that way. <laughs> um, but there are hormone support supporting herbs that you can take. Um, but I wouldn't even start there until three months after you go off the pill because, you need to give your body time to re-regulate and at least try to. Um, but the best thing that you can do is support your body for a few months before coming off the pill to help get your, your body ready. And then if you have gut issues, gut symptoms, um, you really need to start in the gut. We talked about that in the beginning of the podcast, but this will help you coming off the pill and also hormone regulation. The pill also plays a role in our gut health. So, um, you know, you might want to start start there as well before coming off. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know how many people are still on birth control that listen to the podcast or are on my Instagram. But if there's a lot of you, let me know. Um, I might put out like a free resource on like how to break up with birth control. So let me know if that's something of interest to you. But Anyways, this is our Healing Acne Holistically podcast, and I know we talked about a lot. I know we also stayed high level, but, um, you know, again, this is all individualized, so I highly encourage if, you know, you have, if you feel like you've tried everything and you just do not know what to do next and 
you listen to me speak today and you're like, well, wait a second, I want to try this, but I also have gut issues. So do I have SIBO? Do I have dysbiosis? Like, should I try this or is this going to be harmful for me? Or can I take probiotics or is that going to make my situation worse? Um, reach out. Let's let's have a chit chat. And uh, I know that th- this this is complex, but that is health and wellness. And that is what makes holistic health different than, you know, traditional medicine because we think about things differently. We don't just think about one range of symptoms. We think about everything going on in the body, how that impacts all other functions of the body, and we really try and get to the root cause. Um, So anyways, I hope that this was helpful. I hope you are having an amazing week. You have an amazing rest of your week, and I will chat with you all next week. All right, see you later. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so proud of you for showing up today for your future self. If you have any topic recommendations or are looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at wellnesswithkc. If this episode helped you in any way, don't forget to drop a review on whatever platform you are listening on or share this episode on your social media. My goal is to help as many women as possible, and I really appreciate you for being a part of this journey and this mission with me. So thank you again for being here, and I will see you next week.